Are you ready to have an open and honest discussion about sex and spiritual wellness without secrets, censorship, or barriers? This is Unbuckled with your host, Christy Ann Bella. In this program, there are no topics that are off the table, from religion to health, feelings to sexuality. Get ready to hear from some incredible people. And now, here's Christy Ann Bella. Hello and welcome. I am Christiane Belli, your intimacy architect, and today we are unbuckling how to master our lives. And uh, with us today is the author, uh, Sherry Sterling Fernandi. Is am I saying that right? Fernandez is how it's spelled. We say Fernandez because it's Portuguese, but Fernandez. Oh, that's beautiful. It is. I think so. Fernandes. Yes. So life mastery, it is a personal progression towards an infinite potential. And I love this book. I'm going to like, for those of you who'll see the little clip later on the video, I have all these tabs, like tons of tabs. Yeah, that's great. Um, I I know. (laughs) I love, I love flagging things. That's what my book look like. Yeah. You know, rather than like ear tagging or like underlining, I'm like, it's a good way. So needless to say, I loved it. And um, it's, it's a great book, I think, to, to, yeah, kind of kickstart this idea of, of your self power. I think that for me was like an overlying theme of, you know, how do you not just feel like change is happening, but how do you actually direct change in your life? And so um, you started actually in fitness. That was the beginning for you. That was the beginning. Uh, that w- Actually, um, I started my own personal development in my 20s. I started teaching quite a while before that. I mm-hmm. opened the fitness business to give me a platform to teach from uh, so that I could do things my own way. If you you are asked by other people that you have to kind of go to their agenda and then fitness, of course, there's so much foolishness about that. I didn't want to teach anything that wasn't true. So the only way to do it my way, <laughs> I love my that. own business. So that's so true because I think there's so many misconceptions about, um, you know, what healthy means and, and it's such, um, you go into specifically eight areas of mastery that, you know, I think go beautifully across the scope of, of spirituality as well as your physical health, as well as your mental health. Will you tell us um, what are the eight areas of mastery? The eight areas. I start with physical and uh, I learned what was working with people that, that physical until we feel some control or mastery over our physical, it's hard to do anything else. So I start with physical and then spiritual uh, relationships. They're on the back of the book. If I miss one, you let me know. I'll, I'll read them. <laughs> so I don't forget one. Um, education. You know, mm-hmm. education's got to be all continually refined and uh, money, vocation, <clears throat> termed in that's the, what we do that's productive in our day, how yeah. we contribute, whether it's making money or doing however you're doing it. You know, mm-hmm. your your vocation is at least in part is your, your podcast lifestyle yeah. and then character. Mm-hmm. And all of those play, I think, such an important piece in in this idea of like a whole self. And I think it's really cute. You um, go into the hole in the sidewalk, which is this really funny kind of anecdote type story of, of falling in the same hole. And I'm I'm fascinated by language and the words we use, and and um, and so the idea of like the whole self, right? All of us, you know, versus falling in the hole, and and I think that's like a key piece of, you know, of being able to see that hole so that you can <laughs> get whole. Um, so what was a, a big part for you in not just knowing change is possible, but actually going to that place of, of commitment to say, like, I'm uh, going to do this? That's a really good question, Christian. You're the first, they always ask me that question quite that way. And I think that's a really good question mm-hmm. because we, I knew that I wanted things. Knowing mm-hmm. my value was not ever a problem. And knowing that I wanted things was never a problem. Even the commitment to some degree wasn't a problem, but mm-hmm. a bit. But knowing where to start and then being committed to that starting place, that's the tricky part. And I think that's true of most people. We, I hope we, most of us, innately understand our value. Probably none of us to the full extent that we have. And we mostly know what we want. Mm-hmm. It's taking those steps and then being committed to those steps. It always hurts my heart to see somebody uh, going to the fitness is an easy place to go, but they get really get in shape. They do it all the right ways. They're fit. They're strong. They're healthy. 
They've got the best habits. They do it for a long time, then they quit. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) That's too hard, you know, and too hard on our self-esteem. So, yeah, that commitment. So I have some tools that I teach actually to help keep commitment. And I taught it to some of those people, and they still didn't do it. But, um, yeah, some tools that that kept me on track because I was very undisciplined, which surprises people who know me now because they think that I'm like the queen of discipline. And I am very disciplined, but I was extremely not disciplined. So I needed some starting points. I needed some tools to move from very undisciplined Mm -hmm. to the very disciplined person that I am today. And I think I love when people, you know, it's like you've you've walked the walk. And so it, it, it's sharing that story of like, this is what worked for me. And, and, and it may work for you if you, you know, have a similar uh, situation that you find yourself in. Because um, I think, you know, you go into it in the book is this idea of like, we are all teachers, like you, you're here to learn something and then pass it on. Right. Yeah. So um, what are some of, you know, who are some of the teachers who I think, would you say instilled that in you? And and what is one of uh, your favorite things to teach forward? Uh, I, you know, as we were, when I decided to move forward, we were so poor and we were just so barely food on the table, like really struggling and working very, very hard. There wasn't a lot of extra income to do anything. We did manage to scrape up the money to attend a few seminars and buy a few books and programs. Uh, that we listened to over the years. So it turned out that my mentors were, I looked around and there wasn't a lot of people in my world Mm. that I I could look to. So I looked for uh, people like Jim Rohn and Mm -hmm. Zig Ziglar and Errol Nightingale. These are the old guys, right? And then some newer ones like Wayne Dyer. These were people, this is now, I'm 66. And this is, I was in my earlier, mid to early, about 24, 25, when I started doing this. So these guys were, they were young then. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, I looked at those people and, um, they were my mentors. And then my husband, mm-hmm. we, we took this journey together and he's wise and he would learn and share and I would learn and share. So we were able to, you know, uh, right. double our, double up our the speed of our education as we gave each other the cliff notes of what we mm-hmm. were learning. So those were really yeah. the people that influenced me most. I, I think it's so important. Like you said, the, the building up you and your partner, I think so often I see in couples, someone starts to progress and the other one kind of freezes and, and in, in a fear of losing one another, it tries to like pull somebody back instead of saying like, no, we both have an opportunity to grow. We can actually both pick up some different pieces and share them with each other and then help us both to, to elevate right. and grow. Yeah, there's that. There's the two scenarios there and the people that I work with. Uh, if they're not both on this, you're not both on the same page. It's definitely going to slow down your mm-hmm. work. Uh, if if somebody, so sometimes one partner will be pulling down, like you said, yeah. because they they feel like they're going to lose something, you know, and uh, they're out of fear. The other thing that I know happens with a lot of my clients is they will be um, what I would call unequally yoked. They've got one person wants to go this direction, perfectly valid direction. One person might want the stability of a nine to five job benefits. Mm-hmm you know, retiring a company, that's kind of, they want that kind of security. While another partner might want to be more adventuresome and start their own business and do some big, you know, some big dreams they've got. Both are totally valid approaches to life. We need both in the world. Mm -hmm. But if you're, but if you're married, you're you're yoked to each other, it doesn't work very well, right? One person's going to be disappointed or the merit, the the relationship won't make it. So yeah, that's an issue. And I do work with people once in a while. And I find that there is a spouse partner, even just a lot of friends that are pulling the other direction, those people really struggle. Yeah. So what was a key piece for you and your husband too? Cause you guys have traveled the world together. I mean, you've lived yes, these really have. incredible lives um, and, and it is this beautiful, like rags to riches story, like scraping together what you had. And so what were some of the key pieces that helped you guys realize like, Hey, we're on the same team here and, and how are we propelling each other? Uh, I think what happened for us um is I had a child earlier mm-hmm. in, during my, my wild and crazy days. And we both just loved her like crazy. And um, we, and we wanted, we both wanted a life that was better. And so we were centered on some basic principles. Mm-hmm. And so we write, and the other thing that happened was both of us came from married parents whose marriages were mm-hmm. not good. You know, like yeah. my mother's been married five times, my dad, four times. 
the kin's parents stayed together. They were a generation older than my parents. Right. So they were a World War II sort of generation that you didn't right. get divorced, but it was not, it was not pretty. Yeah. Well, we just, we, I did not even want to get married, but here I'm in this situation where I love this guy. I love this child. And I know that this is the best thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, if I'm going to do this, this thing that seems awful to me <laughs> being married, then I'm going to have the best marriage possible. And, yeah. and I have truly found, we, we both say it all the time. We've found the, the greatest fulfillment of human existence in marriage. It's been mm-hmm. awesome. And I, I wish it could happen for everybody. But we just started applying principles right off. I started, I thought, how am I going to do this? I started reading the books. And if something struck me as right and true mm-hmm. and in alignment with my, my beliefs, both spiritually and, and personally, then I applied those principles that I would share with Ken. Um, we, we started going to church and we were getting some training there. And that was really mm-hmm. good on relationships. And that helped. Because if you don't know how to be married, the only marriages you've ever seen are bad. You don't know yeah. how to do it right? You're just going to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, just automatically, just up by default, not even realize it. You might want something different, but you don't know anything different. Right. And I realized that, I don't know why, how I realized that so clearly, but I realized that so clearly that I had to find another way. And Ken felt the same way. We would talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And we both wanted to find a different way to do it. And then it turned out to be much better than we ever even anticipated. I love that because that's a big theme. You know, my, my, tagline is is building a life you love um and and you talk in your book about like is it happening by design or by accident and and i love that you know you guys created a designer relationship you didn't have a role model for it you had to go out and do the research you had to go out and find new places where you could maybe see like okay what are some other options and then i'm going to know what really works for me and that's you know communication and boundaries i think boundaries have such a, a funny idea but i feel like it's it's in line with this idea of like principles, like we're setting a parameter of like, what's the container? Like what's okay here and what is not acceptable? How are we agreeing to kind of operate? Um, and what, what values do we have? What things are we prioritizing? You know, um, without that, without this structure, with this idea of like, we should just know how to be married. We love each other. And we'll just, it's like, no, that really does not work. I think I quote uh, this guy and I think I include this quote in the book, but he says, essentially, we all know that we can't get expertise in other areas of life without educating ourselves, and yet we expect marriage to just come automatically, right? And mm-hmm. and I, you know, what you you talk about boundaries. I I, te- I use a little different language, but I teach this all the time. Yeah. In all areas, we we visualize with my clients mm-hmm. or audiences. I you know <laughs> before before COVID, um, yeah. we visualize what it is that we want, mm-hmm. and then anything that distracts us from that thing right. doesn't get included. Right. Yeah. And that's, this is the whole lifestyle. And you said what I liked about designing your life, mm-hmm. or we call it intentional living. Yeah. We design it. It doesn't going to just drop into your lap, mm-hmm. not, not the income, not the education, not the relationships, right. but it is a joyous journey. It's not like yeah. a sluggy, horrible journey. It's an exciting, fun journey uh, to those things. But that's the trick is to, and I, one of the first things I do with clients about not the first day, but I get normal a little bit first, maybe second or third session, we'll do a visualization exercise where they envision their life, their house, not the every detail, like what they do for work, but what kind of work they do, who's in the house, what does it feel like in the house? What are your days filled with? And then once we're really clear on that, they, I know what they want then, right? Yeah. They, they, they tell me afterwards, mm-hmm. they tell me the, the highlights now I can say when they want to do a certain thing, is this going to get you where you were going? Or they've got a behavior they need to get rid of. Is mm-hmm. this going to get you where you want to go? And then, no, it isn't. So now we may need to make a plan to get rid of that bad behavior or to make a habit that's going to get me down this road. And then we start doing the work. And it's, it's interesting. I think you know this already. I can tell by the, well, you read the book that carefully. And I can tell by the look on your face, but it's the, it's the progression forward that makes mm-hmm. us happy. We're never going to arrive yeah. anywhere. So arrival is never, never really the goal. We, we it is the goal in the sense that we want to keep it out it front, keeps you and going. Big, yeah. keep you going and moving towards it. But all it takes is tiny steps forward. Mm-hmm. Some when we all know that being stuck is miserable, right? Unhappiness, being stuck when there's really no stuck, it's backward sliding is what mm. we're really doing. But just the opposite is also true. Happiness comes from forward movement. And we all have this potential that we talked about earlier that's so huge. We can never, ever, ever realize it truly is infinite. And when we move, this is our destiny, right? We're all impressed with Superman's destiny or whoever. (laughs) Our destiny is greater than that. Mm -hmm. And if we can just move a little tiny steps towards it, that's what brings happiness. That simple. Yeah. 
I love that you talked about, you know, from a feeling place, like you and it's what it feels like. And then that becomes kind of the catalyst to just start the momentum. Cause to me, I feel like, yeah, you know, you set a goal and like, as soon as you get closer to the goal, the goal moves out because now you're like, Oh wow, this is what I'm capable of. So how about I can visualize more now I can feel in more to what's possible and it becomes bigger and bigger. And, and so it's just like, you're saying this is getting it going and, and that, that dedication again, you know, of like, I'm going to do this one thing every day. I always tell people because people are like, oh, I'm like, I, you know, some days I have a beautiful two hour long practice. Some days that thing's like three minutes. It's like I, I did something like brushing my teeth. Like I wouldn't leave my house without brushing my teeth. It's like you do, you get some little piece of it so that there's, there's always that little bit in your cup and you're never getting past your reserves and, and you keep building on it, you know, then that, that success breeds success. In, in it those. does. And the habit, you know, I've often, I tell my clients the workout, you, you, you might have a lousy workout cause you don't feel good. You could have stayed home. Those are the most important workouts that you do because mm-hmm. you showed up and you yeah. kept the habit and you conquered self too. So those, you, know, you say that it's a consistency. The two hours is awesome. And we might aim for two hours Reality is sometimes it's a three-minute thing, but that we did it anyway. Right. And it's those daily habits that get you mm-hmm. where, where you want to go. And you talk about, we you know, the possibilities. You, you do one thing, you see the possibilities. So, so I had a vision. Right. I surpassed that vision right. and increased. I surpassed mm-hmm. that vision. The life I live now, I couldn't have even comprehended when I was yeah. 24. Yeah. It so far exceeds that. I was, would have been happy with a nice little ranch style house with mm-hmm. enough bedrooms for my kids. I had six eventually. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I've lived in homes much more grand than that and yeah. traveled places I never even, I just thought if I could get to the, if I get to Florida, <laughs> great. <laughs> now I've been on all seven continents. I've been on about 50 countries. I'm going yeah. to the Galapagos Islands, uh, <gasps> COVID willing in February and Machu Picchu. So I've been able to just do such things I didn't even know existed yeah. at that time. Oh, it's so exciting. I love that. I love when you see people who, you know, they just light up because they they followed the bliss and and the bliss isn't all like the woo woo, you know, like you said there's there's this showing up that is required, but the showing up isn't all awful. It's like it's, you know, I think reframing it from what you have to do to what you get to do. Yeah, you know, right. you get to do this. So what for you, um, you know, we talked a little bit in the beginning about the fitness start and, and your fitness approach wasn't just about, hey, we're working out. It was really this more a holistic, inclusive, like you had cooking, you did nutrition stuff. Because yes. um, I feel like it's not just like what you eat, it's how you eat and why you eat. Where do you see that kind of playing a role in, in our... Yes, such a good question. I'm so frustrated with... Um, there is so much with noise and making comp- things the way we eat move complicated. Mm-hmm. And it's really not so complicated. And you don't have to, we're designed to eat. We're not designed to go hungry. That's not how you maintain, right? It's what you eat and when you eat it. And it's mm-hmm. that simple. When you eat foods that only that are designed for your body to eat, you will be lean. You just will, you'll lose whatever extra weight you have. If you eat things, what I call wrong fuel foods, you're mm. going to, nobody gets fat eating broccoli, steak, even potatoes. Right. <clears throat> it's, it's, uh, it's donuts and bagels and, mm-hmm. and cereal and <clears throat> um, sugar, of course, which we're eating a, right. a horrible amount of sugar, far more than our bodies are capable of processing, which is why we have so much diabetes and heart yeah. disease and problems. But it was the answer. Was, I, I, it, I didn't just come to this all of a sudden. It took me a long time. I was nearly 50 by the time I was like, oh, I get this finally. I mean, I worked out. I tried to eat the best I knew. I listened to all the experts. Right. And when I realized it's so simple, if it's processed, don't eat it, mm-hmm. which by the way, bread is, Flowers are processed, right. quite processed. Um, but you can, don't go hungry. Yeah. Food is a joyous part of life. And, and movement the same way. So our, our workout program was intense. Mm-hmm. It's what might be referred to. Right? Some people would call it a boot camp. I didn't call it that particularly because it, yeah. it was more designed than that. Mm-hmm. But it was we did natural body weight. Right. My, some of my uh, people that were in my program could have walked on a, a bodybuilding stage. Mm-hmm. And we never, we did, we don't we use light weights, body weight, right. and to move for five minutes every day. And that was all. 
Uh, yeah. That's the thing with movement to move deliberately and intently, but mm-hmm. to sit on a, and I do this though, by the way, just that, you know, I do go to the gym and do this, but to sit on a bench and lift a weight for one little tiny muscle is so, if that's what you, that's not very helpful. I do it, <laughs> but, right. but not only that, I knew I do the other things. I like it, but to move your whole body the way it was intended to move. So mm-hmm. we move the way we're intended to move. We move all day long. We eat yeah. what we're intended to eat. And the weight problem goes away and we're strong and lean. And I'd just like to add one more thing while I'm on my soapbox. Thin and strong and healthy are not the same thing. Right. And I've seen so many women working on thin and that doesn't look good and it's not healthy. I mean, lean. I like to use the word lean. Yes, lean, but with muscle and strength Mm -hmm. and energy and health, not just to make lean the goal or thin the goal. Or weight loss. I try not to use those phrases. Yeah, yeah. Not to use weight loss, the goal. Mm-hmm. Right. It's comfort in your body and in a way that your your body's energy is, is feeding you more energy, right? The things yeah. that you're eating are giving you more energy. The movements that you're you're doing are helping your body to, I mean, it is a machine. You know, it's 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 water and electricity in this happy little skin suit. <laughs> you got to like, you know. Um, you would, right. you would, if you had a machine that you counted on, Right, your car or any machine in your work, you would take Mm -hmm. such good care. You make sure you change the oil. Mm -hmm. You make sure it's in good working order. This body is our machine. This is how we do everything else. We love, we learn, we work, Mm -hmm. we teach, we grow, requires our body. And the more fine-tuned our instrument, the more productive we can be in all those other things. We think better. Everything is so much Mm -hmm. better. And the other, one more little plug about this whole thing is you get older, we get weaker thing. Mm-hmm. Is you've got the same muscles you had when you were 20. <laughs> if you don't let it go too far, yeah. there's no reason. I can still do 30 push-ups on my toes. I'm mm-hmm. 66. Wow. Uh, and I'm not particularly a strong person by nature. It's just because I do it. If you do it constantly, I can do anything that I could have done 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah. I don't run anymore because I don't, never liked running. I thought, I don't have to do that. I don't like it. <laughs> so I don't do that because not because I'm older. So I don't like it. But I can do anything that I could do at 40 or 30, more than I could do at 30, actually. Right. Yeah. No, I felt that way when I started doing yoga. I was like, wow, I'm I'm so much more capable than I even imagined. Um, and once you realize that, it's just keeping it going. Yeah. Like your body just builds up upon itself that that strength both internally emotionally and physically like you know like wow look what i what i can do as opposed to what's what's wrong or what's not working it's it's you know i think that that focusing on what's right yeah i like that that, i like that attitude too Mm -hmm. christiane i think that um focusing on how strong i am rather Mm -hmm. than oh this little thing over here hurts and movement cures i've seen that happen over and over again um, and, you know, our our, phys- our physical potential is as infinite as the rest of our potential. We, I mean, I'm I sure there, there's some limits out there somewhere, but we, we all fall way short of what mm-hmm. we're capable of doing, both in strength and, well, strength, leanness, a, yeah. a physical things we'd like to accomplish. We can do so much more than we think we can. And we're going to talk more about what we can do as soon as we return back from our break. We have been listening to Sherry Sterling Fernandez. Fernandez, but you can say Fernandez. Fernandez. Is a problem. Um, I got to just make an association and then I'll, I'll remember it. <laughs> but she is the author of Life Mastery. And you can find her on Facebook. It's um, Life Mastery Mentors, as well as Sherry, that's S-H-E-R-R-Y dot S dot F-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z. She is a speaker, teacher, mentor, and author of this great book we have been talking about. And we will be talking more about uh, all the things that you can learn about mastering your life as soon as we return in just a moment. Are you tired of having the same fight over and over again? Is it hard to remember a time when you felt close to each other? Before you call it quits, do you want to do something to rebuild that spark of intimacy? Of course you do. Ignite the passion like never before with Intimacy Architecture. Text 626-310-5159 to set up your relationship consultation. Again, text 626-310-5159. 
Think about how much sound you hear all the time. Noise, music, your own heartbeat. What is it made of? How does it work? How does it affect you? The universe of music takes you into the particles of life and the beat of living. It is an interactive online masterclass of music and science taught by the internationally renowned musician and scholar, Dr. Marcine Bella. Visit theuniverseofmusic.com. That's theuniverseofmusic.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Unbuckled with Christy Ann Bella. Reach out to Christy Ann with any questions or comments at intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. That's intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. Christy Ann welcomes your emails. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm Christiane Belli, your Intimacy Architect, and today we are unbuckling all the wonderful ways in which you can master your life with author Sherry Sterling Fernandes. Think I yes. got it that that time? Yes, third nice time's a charm. <laughs> life Mastery is a fantastic book. Um, I loved, you know, it's it's a personal story. It's it's how you sort it out, and then practical tools like real tools and tips. And um, and you were saying on the break, um, you have downloads available on your website. So I want to be sure everyone can find you, and that is at lifemasteryinfo.com. And you can hop on the website and get some downloads for tools and techniques to really get things going. And like we were saying, you know, it's, it's little steps, it's little pieces that you can start that will make, um, big changes, big impacts. So what is your favorite download that you, uh, you love giving away to people? Well, probably there's two that are my two favorites and there'll be a few more, uh, that the audio book will be out in about a week. So there'll be a few more downloads, some things they could not read on there. So they'll be on there, but probably my favorite thing I've given this away for, um, decades, every website I've had for any business I've had, I've made these available in there called the tracking sheet. Mm. And the first thing, that's how I developed, I began to develop personal habits and discipline. Mm -hmm. You just put your, your, it's like a calendar. You put your items you want to do every day or how many times a week on the, Mm -hmm. on the column going down across the top are the days they're numbered already, but you can put the days of the month there and then you check it off as you do it. If you don't get it, don't do it. You get a, you leave it blank. If it wasn't required that day, you get an X. And it sounds so simple, simplistic, right. uh, but this, you cannot believe I'm all my, my clients, people, people in my world, yeah. all of us do it. I've been doing it for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't want to go to bed with that blank spot. It's a really great motivator. Plus helps you remember a lot of times people just forget they were going to do that thing. I was right. going to work out every day. And then the day got away from me. I forgot if I have the hub of using my tracking sheet mm-hmm. and then I won't forget. Yeah. I might still not do it, but at least it'll be deliberate. <laughs> I won't just forget. Right. And that is, that's so important is just that awareness, you know, and awareness and accountability then, and you're being accountable to yourself. And I think that's such a huge piece of empowerment. I often hear from people who are like, oh, I wasn't motivated. And it's like, that's not an external thing, motivation. <laughs> Like that motivation is an inside <laughs> job. There, there's not going to be some magic thing outside that motivates you. Um because even if you have the beautiful visualization, even if you have this idea of a goal, it's like there still has to be something like you were talking in the beginning. You didn't used to be as disciplined. You know, you had ideas, but something clicked for you to say like, okay, no, I'm going to actually be, I'm going to track it even. I'm going to like track how I'm doing. Yeah. It also keeps you honest with yourself. You can say, well, I did pretty good this week. Well, let me look. Well, maybe I didn't do so because we'll, we'll right. kid ourselves. Yeah. And uh, then I like what you said about motivation, too. I think it was Jim Rohn that said, uh, don't wait for somebody to come along and motivate you. They might not show up. <laughs> they probably won't show up. But self-motivation. I mean, coaches and mentors, I do mentoring. I, I believe in mentoring. Um, I think I do a great work with the people that I work with. Yeah. But you don't have them forever. A yeah. good mentor will teach you how, mm-hmm. to, how to teach you tools and ways to motivate yourself. It's like being a parent. Yeah. You raise your children to be independent of you, right? Yeah. And so my clients, I'm, I try to make them independent of me mm-hmm. by teaching them, giving them all the tools that they can use for themselves. Still yeah. good to check in with a mentor here and there, mm-hmm. us talk things through, but day to day, you got you. 
Yeah, I actually I always tell clients, I was like, don't ever see a therapist who doesn't have a therapist or a coach who doesn't have a coach or, you know, we all need somebody that we're checking in with like that. That mirror is very important. Um, but ultimately, it's you. Yeah, ultimately, like you have to go home and be with yourself. You have to be the one that's going to say, I'm going to get up this morning and do this. Or, you know, my husband and I are doing a thousand day meditation. Like we've we've done long ones before for like 40 days or like 120. And this is the longest one. And so even on, you know, usually on vacation. I slack off on things, but we're like, nope, we're doing it. Like, you know, that's the thing. thing. And I started working out. I watched my mom start a workout. We should work out for two weeks with Jacqueline on TV or something. And then she'd quit. She's going to get in shape. She's going to lose some weight. She'd quit. And I thought, Mm -hmm. so I've spent my whole life trying not to be my mother. Yeah. (laughs) Hope she's not watching. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, So when I decided to start working out, this is again in my 20s. Yeah. I just, every single day, I had a little routine I did of uh, uh, calisthenics, and then I, I walked around a certain short, it wasn't very much. I had a whole bunch, house full of kids. Um, but I did it I, every single day for probably three and a half years. I did it on Christmas. I did it if I was sick. I never, ever, ever missed a day for like three and a half years. Then I got shin splints, and I was taught that that was probably overdoing it, and I would not recommend that. But the discipline that I got yeah, yeah. from doing it faithfully like that, mm-hmm. no matter what, really served me well. Mm-hmm. wasn't that great for my body, but it did really serve me well. And so I love this. In this thousand day, you'll, you'll probably never be able to go a day again without doing right. it. Now. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, there's our brain works in such a way that, you know, it takes so many days in a row to do and it, it changes different brain chemicals. And, and so like a thousand days is supposed to, you know, be like this full Re, uh, reset of, of everything. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to see. Uh, and it, it was really funny too, because the, what it'll, it'll be July 4th of 2023 will be the thousand. So I thought that was really, I was like, it's an end of <laughs> I really love that though. I'm going to share. I might, I, mean, I might take that on myself. I might try that myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really fun. And, you know, we, we picked a really, Simple meditation. Um, and, you know, and some days we do it for longer, but at the very minimum, three minutes um, has to happen. And then, yeah, and sometimes it's like, oh, we went 18 minutes, you know, and we just like really lost ourselves in it. <laughs> um, so t- tell me a little bit about, you know, we're, we've been talking about self-power and because and, I talk a lot about um you know, being an abuse survivor, I have a lot of abuse survivors and authors on the show that that have survived trauma. Um, and so I, I'm, I think it is very important that everyone share their story and, and everyone's short story and experience is valid. But there comes a point when you need to shift from that victim mentality. And, um, and that was a big turning point for me from this idea of like, this happened to me to like, this was an experience in a fabric of my life and I'm not any lesser as a result of it, nor do I need to be compensated anymore for it. Um, and that's a, it's a tricky space to be in because, you know, I feel like the, the victim mindset needs validation. And so it's very hard to feel the validation and the wound healing, you know, and, and not perpetuate it, but, uh, but it is possible. And it was a game changer for me to, you know, really step into my power and out of that, that mindset. So for you, what does it mean? Cause you, you know, you talk in the book a little bit. Um, and I think it, it's a quote from somebody about this space between like stimulus and response, right. And there's a space. Yeah. yeah. Stimulus and response, there's a space. And in that space lies our power to choose. Mm. And as human beings, animals are instinctive, right? They, they act automatically on instinct. But we have the power to stop and make a different choice. And that might be a teeny tiny space when we first start practicing. It might be so small almost. But the more we practice using that space between mm. our, the stimulus someone said or did or whatever to the way we're going to respond to that, that will get bigger. That mm. space will get bigger and more um, available to us as we practice that space mm-hmm. and uh, you know, in the victim mentality, um, it's hard to be actually any human being. I have to just be all, I'm not really, I don't, I'm not really push like women's empowerment of that because I think everybody needs to be empowered. We all have it. We have just men and women. We're coming from different angles, but yeah. it's really hard to be live this life without having been abused by somebody somewhere. I mean, mm-hmm. big or small. And uh, right. I'd be no exception to that. And you know, you don't end up with a bunch of stepfathers without a problem in there somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I, so I, I just want to say that because I want to say this: yeah. I'm not speaking as somebody who's never not been there. 
Right. You can't move forward while you're feeling like a victim because you don't have any power. Mm -hmm. You have to know if you are busy feeling powerless, how are you going to live your life intentionally? So it leaves you stuck. And we already talked about this. Stuck is unhappy. Moving forward isn't happy. Um, For me, I never felt victimized. I don't know why that was. Mm -hmm. It was just to me, it was just an event, a time, you know, it was a series of events, but it was a time, a thing that happened. I don't know. That's just, I'm not claiming any, you know, great enlightenment. I just didn't as a child internalize for some reason. It was a thing that happened. I didn't like it. It quit. Great. Mm -hmm. And on I went and never even thought about it. But I do, I, you know, there's always somewhere where you could feel like a victim in any small or big thing, but you you can't stay there. It just doesn't work. You can't, Mm -hmm. you can't live a happy, productive life. If you really want that, you have to have the courage and some, and let's face it. There's some part of us that likes the, that likes that place. You know, it's kind of an addictive, Mm -hmm. the the self-pity and the I'm a victim is kind of addictive. It's seductive. Mm Um, but it's not, you have to look at what is the, what are the, what are my, what are the, what is the upside and downsides of that? Mm-hmm. What is the, um, I can't think of the word, but what am I gaining from this? Well, I get sympathy. This is it worth it. Right. Then you have to decide, no, it's not worth it. And then you can let it go. Yeah. That can be even little yeah. things, little hurts, big hurts. Yeah. Uh, you know, I saw it, a pattern in my family of like the, kind of this like squeaky wheel gets the oil type thing, but it was like, Oh wow. If you have to be in this dire situation to get love, like I just rather not have that version of, of what you, you know, what you're capable of showing up with. Um, Because then that means I have to be in this role. Like, you know, in order for there to be a hero, there has to be a victim. It's like, I don't want to play that anymore. Um, So I'm going to step out of that and, and to see like, Oh wow, I was getting something from it. I was getting, you know, by participating in this and then having to take my power back and, and take ownership over my responses over what, you know, what is my, what is my action in, in reaction to what is going on around me? Um, Because, you know, we talked in the beginning about change and knowing that change is possible. And I feel like all there is is change, right? Like there's, there's never not change, (laughs) but make sure it's going the right direction. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, you know, but yeah, how are you, how are you orchestrating and moving with, and co-creating the, you know, the change that's happening in your life as opposed to, uh, yeah, the, this it's happening to me. It's like, no, I'm, I'm engaging in this. And yes, so, I think that's a, another place we get trapped in that, besides victimization mode, is toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, and I've been there, you know, I thought I, early on I have a toxic relationship in my, my world. I would, one of the few, I don't have very many regrets in life. Most things I figure I just learned from. But I wish I had all the hours back I invested in trying to get my mother to change. Mm-hmm. You know, she wasn't going to change. She was enjoying the attention that I was giving her, trying to get her to change. And then I had to ask myself, I'm talking about a couple, few decades ago yeah. now, but well, was I, was I enjoying the drama myself? Right. And I don't, I'm not much of a drama person, but I think there was some part of me mm-hmm. that broke up the routines of my day with little children, or I don't know, or mm-hmm. I got maybe from habit, the family that I came from, yeah. some part of me, I would give that up easily if I could have seen it then. But mm-hmm. some part of me was somehow enjoying that, that, that thing. Now I just find this idea so repulsive. Right. <laughs> uh, so toxic relationships, can, can yeah. the drama, it's the drama. Mm-hmm. It's like the news. It's like so much that's negative. It's very seductive and very addictive. Mm-hmm. Pulls us in. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, this is where, you know, having a gratitude practice, I think is important. And you talk in the book about uh, giving back and showing up for community and and this idea of, of character, you know, and what that means. I feel like that is something we, we don't hear enough of, (laughs) Um, uh, you know, as an elder millennial and, and seeing like younger generations, this concept of like, what is your character? What do you kind of stand for? Um, and the idea that your vocation isn't just what you do for work, right? There's like a, an aspect of passion and, and purpose. Um, and so you've done a lot of community work with the Women and Children Alliance. Um, you, you actually uh, won an award, uh, a tribute to women in in, in industry. Um, what What is a character trait do you feel like is vital in in going and like being an entrepreneur, I think it's really interesting right now 
there people can't fill these like menial jobs anymore because I feel like there's something has happened. We've kind of woken up to see like, oh, wow, I could actually make my own way. I could do something else. I don't have to just take some job. I can create a path. Um, where do you feel like, you, you know, certain character traits that you have or, or you want to cultivate maybe to, to step out that way? Well, right off, I would say, if you want to, do you want to move your life in any direction? Now they keep going back to the same topic, but self-discipline is a character trait and you'll have to have that. Mm-hmm. If you have to show up for somebody else and they say you have to be here at nine, you don't get to go until then. This is your coffee break. This is your lunch break. You have to do these things. Well, then somebody else is your disciplinarian, right? Mm-hmm. Even no matter how nice the boss they are. But now you have to get yourself up and you have to make those sales calls and nobody's going to check on you. So you, self-discipline is critical yeah. to, you have to motivate yourself. I was blessed to be able to be home and raise my children, mm-hmm. even though I had a lot of other things I was doing, including, you know, charity work and different things. Um, and I, one of the reasons I say in Boston, because I got to be with them, which was mm-hmm. huge for me, but also it gave me time to structure my own days mm-hmm. so that I could grow. I could not have had the personal growth I had in those years had I been working for somebody else because I owed them those hours. Right. Now I had to get up early. Get, I still had kids that need to be cared for and laundry to be done and a house to be cleaned and, yeah. and, and soccer games and dance lessons and costumes and mm-hmm. uniforms and all the things. Right. And they had to be done. But I could structure my day in such a way that I could make time for myself mm-hmm. and make sure that I was able to have my devotional time to have my workout time to have some alone time to Mm -hmm. read, to study, to learn, to work on other projects. And um, so that's a great blessing, but it took a ton of self-discipline. I saw a lot of the other women who were in similar situations were barely getting out of bed to get their kids off to school or not at all because nobody was making them. They didn't have the discipline. They hadn't learned how to do that. So um, yeah, discipline would be huge. Mm -hmm. And in alignment with creating your own business, another one would be, honesty, because you've got this dream, this passion, mm-hmm. and my world's filled with entrepreneurs. We are, most of my clients are, you have this passion. You want this so bad. Yeah. It's so easy. That's why I included character. It was, I didn't used to have a character in my, yeah. I only had seven items. I added character because it's so easy to sell out mm-hmm. when you want something that bad. Mm-hmm. But if you, at the same time, you're being conscious of who you are yeah. and you have a written constitution of governing values, which I talk about yeah. in the book, and you have, uh, you have some goals you're working on in your integrity character, you're less likely to compromise or you might compromise a relationship because Mm -hmm. you want this so bad. Right. I'm working on my relationships too. So it keeps it not in balance, but in perspective. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt very, I felt actually very inspired to add charity. I I mean, character, to add character to one of the eight items. And I think it's maybe one of the most essential if there is one more essential. So it keeps us from it actually keeps us the balance going. We mm-hmm. don't sell out one thing for another thing. Yeah, integrity. Yeah. Integrity. The other thing that I, for me, has been important in that character is, and I think that we could all probably take a look at is to make sure that everything I say is exactly as it is. Mm-hmm. When I wrote Life Mastery, I was very, I would ask myself regularly, am I saying anything here that I don't know of myself, that I've not experienced, that I don't know to be true? I didn't want to put anything in it that just sounded good. Yeah. And I'd ask myself, now, this is really honestly how it happened. Um, I give my brother, one thing that did happen in that, I give my brother credit for this shortened version of his mission statement that said, make a diff. My sister told me that was her license plate. And I said, oh, I didn't know that. So <laughs> it was a mistake, though. I didn't lie. <laughs> but I tried so hard to make sure everything was exactly as it was um, in the book. Yeah. You know, that transparency, I think that's really important. It, it, helps us to be accountable to ourselves um, and allows us to, I think, show up um, and have more, more deep connective relationships and communication because we're not trying to, to hide or mask anything. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm putting it out there as it is in, in the most authentic way possible. Um, what role do you think questioning? Cause you do, you do have a lot of that in the book. A lot of these like questions to ask yourself, like do an inventory, assess things. Um, do you feel like where's the balance, I guess, between, okay, I'm going to look, I'm going to examine, but I'm not going to like beat myself up, you know, like I, I want to be aware, but I don't want to bully. Right. Do you know? Yeah. yeah. So you don't beat yourself up because that's useless. Right. You just take, you need to, you to stay back, to step back and say, what next? How am I doing here? 
without beating yourself up because that, of course, is not going to move you forward. And that's, in a way, that's a way to say, I don't, you know, look how hard I am on myself. I don't have to move forward because, look, I'm still a good person. I don't like this thing, right? So, in a way, it's almost like a, yeah. a, a cop-out. Uh, one thing, I think that just for personal development, you just have to be able to stop regularly and evaluate. I do have on the website an evaluation, uh, a personal assessment, which is also free. Um, and you can get kind of an idea of how you're doing balanced in life. And that can help you be honest with yourself. But yeah, that's a tricky thing. It's not that tricky. I think you just have to be aware that you're not beating yourself up. You're not like, oh, I really am a good person. I feel bad about this. But you just take a look and say, okay. And then it's always good to ask yourself regularly, what if that's not true? Mm. You know, what if that's not true in the mm-hmm. things that we believe and make sure that we're, that we're on track? You talked about, you mentioned the word authentic. I don't typically like a lot of buzz. That's been a good word, but that's, that, that's a good word. And I often have, tell, have people tell me that I come across as authentic. One reason is because I'm blunt. I said to one of my clients, blunt was my superpower. Yeah. Um, but you come across so much more authentic mm-hmm. if you are questioning yourself, not questioning mm-hmm. yourself, but examining yourself regularly and then acting on that. Mm-hmm. People don't expect other people to be perfect, but we expect them to be real. Yeah. Right. Uh, an approachable person, a person's much more appropriate, approachable, they're authentic mm-hmm. and they come across that way. Yeah. I think it's a good way too to, you know, check in about yeah, what, what beliefs are really yours and what is something that maybe was conditioned into you that doesn't serve you anymore. Right. right? Yeah. You know, I'm glad you brought it. So I wanted to come back around this. We talked about that visualization thing and mm-hmm. you said the emotion part. And that's the thing is, um, that's why you need that visualization with the emotional because of those kind of things. We thought we want, we, we used to want this thing right. or we thought we wanted this thing or we've been conditioned to think this or this thing sounds good. Yeah. If you don't have the emotional part, it's not, it, 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 that's how you can tell the difference. If this is a real thing for me, I've had people, most people will tear up a little bit. They yeah. feel the emotions there. You're not going to feel emotional about something that was somebody else's dream for you or something that you just thought sounded like a good idea. Or I'd make a lot of money if I did that thing, right. right? That's how we can find out if what we are thinking and wanting is really what we want by adding that emotional element. And that's why I like to do that. Otherwise, we sit down and write goals. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're not taking us where we really want to go. And that would be true of all of us. So many of my clients come in too and they think, they'll think a certain thing is their priority. I what 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 oh, I really love my 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 kids are their top priority. When we get into it and find out we do the we do the assessment, how much real time are you spending with your kids? Right? And uh then they'll find out, oh, in my heart they're their priority, but in real time they're not. Or I really have a uh, have a deep love for God. Okay, well, so what are you doing about that? Well, nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless they, we talk about their day, nothing. Yeah. And so that will go away. Those, those relationships will mm-hmm. fade if we don't. So what we think we're doing, what we're really doing, what we think we want, what we really want, takes quite a bit of reflection. That assessment's mm-hmm. really useful, really helpful. I did write that, but I think it's, it took me a lot of years to get that written. I think it's really good. Yeah. And it's free. And you can get it on the website, which is lifemasteryinfo.com, as well as uh, Instagram. There's Life Mastery Mentors, Facebook, Life Mastery Mentors, and on Facebook as well, Des is how it's spelt, but it's pronounced Fernands. (laughs) That's actually probably said better than we do. so before we wrap up, I, I would love to, cause what I do appreciate is like you're saying there, there's this balance, there's a sense of harmony, right? You, you looked at all of these different pieces that, that play a role. Um, let's talk for a minute while we still have some time about the spiritual and money relationship, right? Because I feel like there's a disconnect there with people to see how your spirituality and your financial wellness relate. And how would you say that shows up in your world? Uh, it's interesting. I just not, not, I not, only had two people ask me that, and one was last week about money. And she asked me about that, and I said, um, "You get all that you can <laughs> because you're not useful to the world, to the planet. If that, if you're broke, if you you can do so much good in the world. You mentioned the uh, the Women and Children's Alliance. Yeah. It's a shelter. Um, I can contribute a lot of money to that program. I do. We do. Ken and I. Well, we couldn't do that. We've been able to house. I don't know how many women. Yeah. Because of our contributions, we'll never know how many. But I couldn't do that if I'm just hand to mouth. And if you can't, so really the proper order is 
you are you make enough money to take care of yourself, your family, and then some others. And the more money that you have, it's the obsession with money, but you can be just as obsessed with money being poor. In fact, I find the biggest criti- criticisms of money are from people who don't have it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and at that, they, they would take it if it was offered, <laughs> yeah. I suspect. So, yes, you serve, you, you serve, if you believe in God, which I do, you'll serve him better with money. Mm-hmm. You'll serve the world better. You'll serve your fellow man better if you have money and means. And then uh, if you don't, you're stuck on the planet. And it's kind of about that simple. Yeah. And it's part of being developing yourself. It's one other major of personal progress. Just don't yeah. put all your eggs in that basket. I love that. Thank you for that. Because I think, yeah, there there's such a beauty in in receiving and knowing that your ability to receive allows you to give and it's, it's a cycle. And, um, and I think, yeah, that's a big piece of, of our spiritual wellness of our relationships with other people, um, of how we're showing up in the world. So, um, that was great. It was so wonderful talking to you. I absolutely love this conversation. I love the book. I highly recommend you all check it out, especially, you know, you're here time this airs, it's going to be 2022 start of the year life mastery. It's a personal progression towards infinite, towards an infinite potential. Um, really, really great talking with you. Thanks again for being on. You're delightful. It was a really fun interview. I really enjoyed it. And you are very delightful. You do a nice interview. And, and you read the book. I can tell when I was, I've done about 60 interviews yeah. since it came out in July. And uh, you can tell which, who reads it and who doesn't. <laughs> it makes I mean, a lot better interview. I don't care. I mean, nobody yeah. has to read it. But it makes a lot better interview if if you've read the book. And so, and I have my books are all filled with those same little tabs. I don't like to turn down pages either. I bet something it. really bothers me about that. So, I've got <laughs> all kinds of books with all those kind of tabs in it, including mine. We're peas in a pod. I love yeah, it. We are. We are. Um, well, we are wishing you all the best out there. You know, keep staying curious about yourself. Remember that, you know, you you have the power. It is within you. And so go out and get some support. Um, as Sherry said, she does mentor. You can reach her again on her website and get lots of free resources. It's a lifemasteryinfo.com. I've been your hostess with the mostess. It is always my pleasure to share wonderful stories and helpful information so you can unbuckle and build a life that you love. I'm Christiane Bella. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Unbuckled. You can join Christiane Bella for another program with amazing guests, stories, and advice every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to check out our new show coming soon. 